0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 at Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: He's a cool guy. You know, he don't get on to people. Uh, he knows everyone's strengths and weaknesses, and he plays to them. And, you know, he has confidence in us, and we have confidence in him. And he's been obviously helping us out a lot. This is the first time in a while that we've been able to move the ball efficiently. Um, And I think it's due to a lot of different just changes and mindsets um, on the team.
0: That is DJ Chark. Wow, DJ took a big hit in that game and just got right up. Another well-designed play. I thought the receivers really made catches, too. Chris Conley's come to mind. LaVisca Chenault went up and got it. Uh, D.J. O'Shaughnessy took a big hit on one. Eifert uh, with a nice catch in the end zone. I, there's just something in sync about this offense. And even when Minshew maybe isn't right on the money, a guy makes a play. That happens around the NFL. Like I can't tell you how many times we've said on a Sunday night, and we're like, why don't the Jack? We're watching like the highlights, you know, uh, uh maybe on like uh, Chris Barman, right? As he's going through these plays or whoever. Yeah, Sunday night game, and we're like. Why don't any of the Jags guys make that play? Why don't the Jags? Like, across the league, people make those plays. Well, I think the first two games, I think they're fitting in with those guys across the league that are making those plays. I mean, really nice plays, really nice passes, and efficiency about the offense. And quite frankly, the Tennessee Titans did not stop the Jags. The Jags kind of stopped themselves on a few possessions, and that was it. They were running up and down that field, so it's a good thing in that regard. The problem is the other team's running up and down the field, too.
2: Well, and this was the thing I was so adamant about um, to start week one against the Colts, and maybe I misspoke a little bit here now reflecting on a little bit, but I said that I can't see the Jacksonville Jaguars winning any kind of track meet, right? Well, after two weeks right now, and the, I mean, a track meet last week was definitely you know bound to happen, but I think with track meets right now, Brent, you have to ask yourself, well, this defense is porous, all right, and this defense will give up points. But do they have the offensive firepower to overcome it? Now, let's assume real quick that the special teams plays better, right? Let's assume real quick that we don't see squib kicks every single week. Can you see these Jacksonville Jaguars winning high-scoring games?
0: Yeah, I think it might be yeah. the only way they win.
2: Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah,
0: fair enough. I mean, seriously. Yeah, uh, it's like I'm. I was glad they had the ball last. Yeah, I had confidence in Minshew in the offense, and the, the first two plays were great. I mean, they were positive plays. Uh, there was a lot to like, and I honestly think if that ball hits the ground, I think the Jaguars are going to at least tie the game up at, at the end. Like, I, There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, the ball gets deflected, and it's kind of one of those plays, but if that ball hits the ground and it's third and one now, yeah. uh, the Jags are going to tie the game up. Now, they might lose in overtime. But they were going to tie the game up. Like, there was not a doubt in my mind. I don't think there's a doubt in many people's minds, uh, that that was about to happen. Before we get into some more of the negative stuff and what went wrong and can they fix, let's get to Steven. He's on the line. Action Sports Shax on ESPN 690. What's up, man?
1: Hey, how you guys doing?
0: We are good. Can you play defense?
1: <laughs> hey. I played defense growing up, so I'm right there. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, what I saw in the game is uh, a lot of times uh, Tannehill went to the side and uh, picking on uh, Andrew Wingard a little bit. Uh, do you think maybe, uh, and this is a huge hypothetical, uh, let's say we get a good lead on the Dolphins, uh, do you think maybe we can experiment with maybe the Draft pick, we got Daniel Thomas because Andrew Wingard got picked on and got beat a lot.
0: All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's uh, Stephen with the call on Wingard. And listen, he's getting um, a lot of heat today. I have a couple of thoughts on on Wingard. Okay, I think most teams, when you go to your second safety, and mm-hmm. especially a team that's already a little bit thin at that in the secondary, I think you're gonna have some issues. You know, I mean, uh, the, the challenge is your depth. Uh, and I just I'm just being honest with you. I'm not making an excuse for them. I just think the Jags are not in that position yet where they feel comfortable, where they can roll out four different safeties and make plays. I, I think you're going to give up stuff. Uh, I Listen, I think they have C.J. Henderson. I think he's a good player, but I think he's going to give up stuff. I think yeah. he's going to take some lumps. I mean, I've said that for months now. And if, if you I understand there's a standard. I understand you're in the NFL. I understand you should be making plays and you shouldn't just be letting people go up and down the field. I get it. But the bottom line is, if you didn't think at times this pass defense was going to be an eyesore, you're kidding yourself. I mean, it's just kind of the way it's built right now. They got rid of a lot of good players on defense last year. They have a lot of young players that we have no idea how they're going to play. And I think they're going to take their lumps now. To Wingard more specifically, I thought he had good coverage in the end zone, man. you got to have some time. To, to, it, yeah. There's too much time for Tannehill, and he's yeah. got a size disadvantage there, whether that's the, the scheme and the matchup problem or not. I thought he covered Jonu Smith very well in the end zone. They made a nice play, and that's just a play in the NFL. Sometimes the other guy makes it. Again, if you could get a little pressure, would have helped because he had all day. Correct.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I say it all the time. The defensive line and the cornerbacks, they work hand in hand. And right now, you have one of the youngest secondaries, if not the youngest secondary, and then tie NFL. And when you have that, you have to bail them out a little bit. You have to have their back. And you have their back by being able to put some pressure on the quarterback and get after them. And, 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 you know, this past game against Tennessee Titans, you didn't see any of that. Okay, so... When you can't generate a pass rush with four guys, when you can't make the quarterback feel uncomfortable, and he has all the time in the pocket, I don't care if you got two Jalen Ramseys, a Deion Sanders, an Earl Thomas, and an Ed Reed back in his prime back there. It doesn't matter. If you give an offense that much time to work, they're going to expose somebody. And that's kind of what you saw a little bit. So, yeah, obviously, right now the secondary, they're young. Obviously, Hayden, I think, has to play better. Wingard, obviously, has got to play better. They're missing... um Uh, Jared Wilson Wilson. They're missing Jared Wilson by a lot right now I understand that And maybe, who knows, maybe one of their backup guys Maybe Daniel Thomas could be the answer I think he's more of a strong safety than he is really a free safety Well I feel right. So I think you kind of got what you got right now But with that being said You gotta build that secondary You gotta help your young guys out in the backfield And you gotta get after the quarterback, simple as that
0: Listen, the other thing about Wingard is the play that, that's like a prayer. I think it was Josh Allen who was hitting uh, Tannehill on the play. Maybe it was Miles Jack. Uh, but they throw it up, and in the end zone, every it looks like Wingard should make the play. Why is he so late there? And maybe he should. Yeah. But I think what's being glossed over is DJ Hayden's not playing good football. Mm-hmm. And that's a bigger problem to me than Wingard. Because DJ Hayden has been spectacular here in a Jags mm-hmm. uniform. And I was like, okay, at least they have DJ Hayden. Well, D.J. Hayden did not look very good to me. Now, I don't know Mm -hmm. what it looked like on the tape, but to my eyes against Indianapolis, did not look great. Mm -hmm. He got beat on that play right there, too. Now, should you have some help? Is that – give? I don't think that was a handoff either because he got spun around. So it's not one of those – like, that was one I could tell. I think he was supposed to go with the receiver, Humphreys, Mm -hmm. and he just got beat on the play. got turned around and then – the safeties couldn't help him out. Josh Jones and he, Humphrey's right in the middle of Josh Jones and Wingard for the play that that really I just don't think happens in the NFL very often. Like, that touchdown should not have happened. The Jaguars actually played very good defense in that sequence. They had stopped Henry behind the line of scrimmage for a three-yard loss. Smoot, go back and watch a second down play there. Smoot makes a heck of a play. Yeah. He almost sacks Tannehill, realizes he's not going to get to him because Tannehill dumps it off, I think, to John Smith, who's mm. right next to him, yeah. and he gets him for like a four-yard loss. Recovery, yep. Never gave up on the play. Mm-hmm. Smoot was really good. And on third down, they get one of the lone pressures of the game. Mm-hmm. And they hit the quarterbacks that he has to just throw it up for grabs. Yeah, And their guy catches it. That should not have happened. It was actually a really good defensive sequence so for the most part. Uh, maybe the best defensive sequence, sequence uh, of the game for the Jaguars. Yeah. And they still give up a touchdown on the play.
2: And this is where my big red flag comes from. And this is something that I've been preaching since the start of training camp. I've said on this show many times before, the most important person on that defensive line, it's not Josh Allen, it's not Chase Son, it's Gunter, right? And then when Gunter goes out, um, he hops out because he has the heart condition. I, I was worried. I'll be honest. I have even said, I'm like, listen, I'm not sure what this is going to look like, right? Because they, everyone's telling us how good Tavon Bryant looks in training camp. Everyone's telling us how he's making strides, he's going to be the three technique, and he's good to go. Okay. Maybe Taven Bryan in the run game. And listen, Taven Bryan had a good game against the Colts. All right. Shut down the run, made some great plays. But Taven Bryan in the pass game, I think we've all know what Taven Bryan has always been, right? And he's a guy who's a high effort guy, but he has problems transitioning from the run to the pass. I should know about it. I had the same exact problem. So uh, it's like I'm speaking, talking about myself right now a little bit. But my point is that they cannot generate pressure in the middle. And I've been very adamant about saying this. I don't care if you got Von Miller, Khalil Mack, or a Josh Allen and Chase on. If you can't get any respect in the middle of the field with your three technique and your nose technique, it doesn't matter, man. Because there's ways to beat defensive ends then. There's ways to beat edge rushers. You can chip them. You can double team them. You can do a million type of things to them in order for, for, for them not to get to the quarterback. When you can generate that pass rush, when you can generate the blitzing thing, like we saw, I think, when on had his sack, like we saw, like, a NASCAR package, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we saw, like, all right, pin your ears back, it's time to go. My worry, though, is when it's first and, you know, ten, when it's second and six, and it, is it going to be a pass, is it going to be a run, and you don't know, and all of a sudden you have to convert from, like, a play action where you play the run, and all of a sudden, oh, it's a pass, got to work my pass rush move. I'm not seeing the interior of this defensive line being able to do that. And that's why you saw T- Tannehill have, have so much time, um, you know, uh, against the Jaguars here. Th- think about that play with Winger where he got exposed a little bit. Think about Josh Allen hitting him. Now think about if you had any kind of resemblance of a pass rush in the middle of that field coming down on Tannehill where Tannehill can't step up in the pocket. Well, now all of a sudden you got something there, right? Like those are the differences right now between, you know, being a, a very porous defense and being an okay defense. So is Taylor and Bryant playing good in the, in the run game? I would say so probably yes. But the question remains, where are they going to generate their interior pressure from? Because they can't do it with four. That's That's been established for two weeks now. So yes, got start blitzing. Well, keep in mind, when you start blitzing with probably the youngest secondary in the NFL, that's going to leave some things open. And that's where communication must be a must. Can they do that right now with this young secondary? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh the question I have about that, and I, I don't discount anything you're saying, I understand what you're saying. The pass rush is not there. They can't get home with four. That's been a conversation we've had around here for a long time, even with some of the better players that came through here. They still couldn't get home with four on, on some occasions. I, I will say this. Uh, I guess if I'm – this saw the Jags might spin it uh, you know, internally to say, hey, we're okay still and not panic, and that is they played two very good offensive lines. Uh, They did do that. I mean, those are two of the premier offensive lines probably in the National Football League. Um, But that still doesn't – that's not satisfying to us outside the building. How are you going to find it? So how do you fix it, man? If Taven Bryan can't get a push, you don't have Rodney Gunter, you don't have Calais Campbell, you don't have Marcel Darius. Um, If they can't get a push on the inside, is it strictly you just have to create it and and run the risk of blitzing and leaving stuff open in the back end? Or is there another fix?
2: Listen – you had the luxury of being able to rush four because you played against two run first teams, right? So you played against the Colts, you played against the Titans. Well, now you have the Dolphins coming to town, then you go to Cincinnati, then you go to Houston, and then you go to, the, the uh, I think, uh the, play in the Lions at home, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. By the way, every one of those teams 0-2 right now. Interesting. I didn't know that, yeah. The next four opponents are 0-8. Wow. Well, there you go. Which means Make nothing in the NFL. But it doesn't really mean that much. It's still kind of fun to say. <laughs> so with that being said though,
2: those four teams that I just named, I would call them pass first teams over run first teams, okay? So you don't have the luxury anymore of bringing a safety down and trying to stack the box and say, "All right, beat us with the run." You know why? Because now these teams can sit back. Now you have to go against, you know, Fitzmagic. Now you have to go against a pretty dynamic passing offense with the Dolphins. Now you have to go against Burrow and Deshaun Watson all these guys. So you have to generate pressure. You just can't let them sit back there and pick you apart. Like I just said, you don't have, in my eyes right now, what I've seen, you don't have the interior to generate the pressure. So you have to blitz like that, that to me is how you fix it. Unless for something you find a magic pill or something like that, it's like, all right, guys, when it's play action, we have to get off our blockers now and work our pass rush moves. Like unless you can change that around in a week, which is obviously I think what you have is what you have right now on the defensive line. I think you have to generate some more um, blitzes and things like that. It's one thing to generate it on third and long, right, because that's a pass situation. The problem is, though, is when you generate it on second and short or, or second and five or third and five, well, that's a run or a pass. Right. So you kind of have to you have to be cautious about how you approach blitzing. But in my eyes, if you want to take care of Josh Allen, you want to take care of Chase on. You've got to get pressure in the middle to feed it out to them.
0: There's something uh, I really feel like I'm realistic in the sense of the defense. Like I wasn't expecting a lot from the defense. They said they were going to stop the run. They mm-hmm. told me that. And they've done a pretty good job through two games against two run heavy teams. I thought they would look really bad at times against the pass. I really did. I just, there's not a lot to go through on this. They, they lost too much. They lost Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye. I mean, and they lost Jared Wilson now. I mean, they've lost way too much to anticipate them playing well against that. Now, here's the problem with the Jags. And by the way, it doesn't make it okay. I'm just, that's real. That's just what it is. That's what their roster is. That's why some of the expectation was low. But I thought they might be a team. That that bend but don't break, mm-hmm. and so they're giving a lot of bend, but they're also breaking. Yes. You're not, they're not forcing enough field goals. Like if you're going to do that and you're going to let the team go up and down the field, which is sometimes the design of this defense, keep everything in front of you, right, and don't give up big plays. Well, then you've got to keep them out of the end zone. And right now they haven't been able to do that through a couple. Well, with the exception, I mean, I guess they did to. Colts only scored 20 points, so they made a couple big plays when they had to. So you either have to keep them out of the end zone and force field goals or make a play or two that changes the game. They did that against Indy. They were not able to do that uh, yesterday against uh, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, a lot like Seattle. Look at Seattle, man. Like you would, if you look at Seattle's defense, they have better players, probably overall better defense. Yeah, they've given up like a thousand yards the first two weeks. Now they also made the big stop at the end of the game to win the game yeah. against Cam Newton last night. We'll talk about that game more, Whoa. but that that gives you an idea. Like you just got to make the one play. Okay, sure. you're not going to ride your defense, but you got to make the one play. Now the other side of it is this: as a, as watching the Jags in the first couple weeks, I would almost rather you blitz and make that guy uncomfortable and give up an eighty yarder. Mm. then methodically just go down there and 12 yards here, 15 yards here, 18 yards here, 6 yards here, and boom, 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 and seven minutes. You know why? Because I want to go back and watch my offense play. Mm. (laughs) So go ahead and take a chance and try to create something. If you give up the big plays, so what? You stink on defense maybe right now anyway until you come together and figure some more stuff out. So I'd almost rather you force the issue. This is going to sound bad, but I kind of say this in the middle. of the. I said this, uh, I think I was watching with Ty at the time. I watched first half at home, uh, which is, by the way, weird uh, that we weren't in Nashville. But that's a different story. I said, even and I don't mean this in in like a reckless way, but even if you blitz and hit Tannehill and and pick up a roughing the passer, you have to make yourself known. Mm -hmm. Like you have Tannehill didn't even know he was playing against the Jags. He never even you talk about social distancing. I mean, he didn't even get close to him. So you have to, even if it's a penalty, in my opinion, when they're just sitting back there, and again, I'm not saying you have to be reckless and dirty. I'm just saying even if you're a step late in making sure you're hitting, I'd almost give up the 15-yarder to say, hey, we're here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and they just never said we're here. They hit them maybe twice. They got the one sack when they brought the pressure, Mm -hmm. but that's it. Uh, I, I just like to say, I would like them to force the issue a little bit on defense. Don't wait for them to beat you and beat you and beat you and beat you. you. Right now you've proven in the first two weeks, you're not going to stop much. Yeah, I'm very curious to see
2: how the Jaguars come out Thursday night with this defensive line now, right? Because the first two weeks, the goal is evident. You stop the run, okay? And for the most part, they did a great job of doing that, right? Now we have a Miami team. who They can still run the balls, but I think they're going to come out and pass with Fitzmagic and things like that. It begs the question, and this is something that I brought up, you know, last year a little bit with Josh Allen. And that's the point of how many reps is Chase on getting a game? I think he only had like 10, if that even, right? He wasn't on the field that much. And this is a guy who had his first sack of his career, right? And usually the way it works is when you have a, you know, you, when you make a big play like that and you're really vibing, the coach keeps you out there. Now, obviously, he's not going to replace Josh Allen because Josh Allen is playing at a pretty good level as well. But my point is is that do we have to start taking a look at this defensive line now, especially with passing teams coming in? And do we have to try to get these guys on the field at the same time even more? Right? Because last year, what did we talk about? Josh Allen's not playing enough, man. Like Josh Allen had ten and a half sacks, and I don't know like what the percentage of like reps that he had, but it could have been that high. Like I'm sure Josh Allen set some kind of record for most sacks in terms of how many plays he played that season. You know what I'm saying? Like. And I don't want to see this happen with Chaseon as well. I think you have something special with Chaseon. I think he showed it yesterday a little bit. Yes, it was a blitz, but guess what? He still had to beat his guard of one on one, and guess what? He absolutely mollywopped his guard one on one. He showed off his he showed off the get off. He showed off a great swipe, and most importantly, the finish. So Chaseon, you know, did pretty well for himself yesterday. My question is, you spend that first round pick on him. Obviously, you speak very highly of him in training camp. It appears that he's ready to take the next stride. Why not get him in the game more? And it comes down to the base philosophy of what this defense runs. And that's the big end and the small end. Right now, the way we look on paper, there's no room for chase on. He's going to come in on third downs. He'll come in on pass rush, pass rush on situations, on nickel and stuff like that. And that's it. My question is, do you have to start tailoring this defense to your playmakers? And that playmaker being chase.
0: Am on. I going to sound defensive if I say against Derrick Henry, though? Don't you have to have no, your better well, run stop? Well, uh, I mean, no, this
2: is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying this week coming for the Dolphins, but this said. week yeah. going forward. Yeah, like go these forward. Four
0: passing, correct. Yeah, but it made sense to have Gotzis in there. No, that bigger body. Yeah, against Derrick Henry, it
2: yeah. did not make sense. But my question is, and listen, the Jaguars' have always like been the same. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they've been pretty hell bent on having this certain type of defense. My question is, if you start facing these pass these past first teams a little more, is can you find a way to get Chase on on the
0: field more? Hey, James is on the line right now. Wants to talk about a big play. You know, we. Talk about the defense and what went wrong and other things. The other thing that went wrong for the Jags is they didn't get a break. And again, you're going to not get calls, sometimes you're going to get calls, sometimes you create your own breaks. But in close games, breaks matter. And the Jaguars, I thought, got a break or two maybe a week prior in their win. And yesterday Tennessee got all the breaks. So there were a couple of questionable pass interference calls. Uh there was obviously the offsides at the end of the game. I think James wants to talk about that. What's up, man?
1: Hey, how are you guys? Good. Hey, I'm calling from Charlotte, uh, but you know, hey, the Dolphins were my first love, but now the Jaguars are my passion. So, um, I'm from originally from Jacksonville, so that's why I live here, but I'm a big Jags fan. Um, but yeah, we, that's the only reason I have the Sunday ticket is for the Jags, and my son and I were watching the game and, Of course, you know, if there's a flag, we know where it's going. But you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. But my biggest question is not just the interference, but how in the world the officials and the sideline referee not see Jadavian Clowney clearly across the line? I mean, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even a fingertip or a helmet tip. It was a whole hand and wrist and possibly helmet. How in the world does that not happen? And why does Doug Malone not tape a screenshot to his chest in his press conference and say, you know, why isn't this called? Why doesn't he do that? So I guess I'm just going to – I'm ranting and I'm asking the question at the same time, and I'll let it go off the air. I appreciate it, guys.
0: James, appreciate so. you listening from Charlotte. Uh, put him on the roll call, right? We've got North Carolina on the board. Uh, the uh, You know, for a guy that probably lined up offsides quite a bit and tried to get away from it, Get away with it. Yeah. Uh, what's the rule down there? What is the story down there? I, it it from TV, it all the time. <laughs> right? From yeah. TV. Yeah. And again, you, listen. TV is not. This is one thing you got to be a little careful of. And now in this instance, Clowney was clear, clear, clearly off sides. Correct. But a lot of times it looks like a guy's off sides, and he might not be because the angle is just a little bit different. It's not right over the line of scrimmage, but this instance he was off sides. I would say almost every play somebody is probably technically offsides, but this was pretty egregious, man. Listen,
2: this is Clowney's that this is
0: nothing new right now.
2: If you went back to the playoff game and watched the, the when they played the Eagles and the Seahawks, this is what Clowney does. Now a lot of guys do this because you do it once, you get closer to the ball, and keep in mind that blue line that you saw him over, like that's not the official line, right? So sometimes it can be deceiving depending on the camera angle and all this stuff. Now if he was offside on the Jaguar sideline, you better believe Doug Marone, somebody was going to be shouting, he's offside, get him off the ball, maybe get the ref's attention, and maybe get a penalty, right? But that wasn't the case. This happened from the, tit- the Titans' sideline. But my point is this happens all the time. Clowney does this all the time. A lot of guys do this all the time. Now, like he was doing it to the nth degree, like it was obvious on TV. The problem is, though, is that refs don't necessarily always look for this call right this is where it falls on the sideline or you know like the offensive tackle to say hey man like, this guy is lined up over the ball. you got to watch him. So then the next time, then they can throw the flag like that. But refs don't generally, like the line judges, they have a hard time seeing this. And I almost want to say they're kind of gun shy to even throw the flag, right? Because what are you going to say? Line up in the neutral zone or like that encroachment? It's the call that you don't necessarily see all the time. But this has been Crownie's M.O. forever, man. Like, this isn't the first time he's done this. It's just the fact that if you're Doug Marone and you know this, or if you're a tackle you know this, you have to reiterate
0: it to the ref and say, man, hey, watch this guy, watch this guy, and just drive that point home. Yeah, and like what you're saying is you might not actually get the answer you're looking for, the call that you're getting to until the next play, until he does it again. Right. And so how many times did he do it previously? Was it brought up to their attention? Um, you know, some people right now are like, well, why are they out there then? <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. But I just think it happens a lot. At least it looks like it happens a lot on TV. And, I mean, you played the position, like you said. I mean, did you try to get a little extra almost every time? Of course. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of guys. Because be like, the receivers ask. The receivers are like, hey, am I in I'm an am okay good. spot? Yeah. Defensive guys don't ask.
2: No, not even close. Well, no, Obviously, I mean, they're far away from the ref, too. But Correct. And usually, and here's how it works, too. Usually, if you're over the ball at least once, the ref actually warns you, check this out. So, like, I've had it happen a couple of times. Like, I was kind of creeping up, creeping up, because people don't understand. Like, in terms of your pass rush, you want to get as close to the ball as possible, right? Because it's literally a game of interest. It's the most cliche thing in football, but it's the most true thing in football as well. So, usually, like, if like for instance, climbing right there. It was that obvious, right? He was off sides. I bet the ref came up to him and said, Hey man, yeah, go back a little bit. Like refs don't like making this call for whatever reason. And usually you get at least one warning and saying, guys,
0: yeah, go back a little bit before they actually pull the trigger and throw that flag. Two other calls. I mean, the Miles Jack looked ticky tack. I actually thought the worst one was Josh Jones. I didn't think that was interference. That was a bailout to, in my opinion. I thought it was almost an uncatchable ball. And yeah. that was that best drive of the game. Tennessee really, that was the time they actually used Henry and they went down and scored after that was a third down would have been off the field. Again, those are a couple of key breaks. If you get the call, you might win the game. If you get one of them, if you get two of them in this instance, it looked like Tennessee got the Benefit of the doubt three different times in a three-point game that's going to help you win the game. The other one, I will say this about the refs: this is what I don't understand. Yeah, and maybe you can clarify. You've right, been down in the trenches. Yeah, you know the one that they throw the holding. It looks like holding on the side on Derek's run. Henry runs and C.J. Henderson brings him down in the open field on okay. uh, near side of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the field. I got you. He's running left to right, and the th- they throw the flag. And I knew it. I had the tweet ready. They started to huddle. And I knew, I was like, they're going to call it off. They're going to say no foul on the play. Yeah. Well, then how the hell did you throw the flag if there's no foul on the play? Yeah. The only time you should ever throw a flag and pick it up, in my opinion, is if a ball is tipped on pass interference, you didn't see it. So your buddy, the other ref calls it and says, Hey, no, no, that was tipped. That's yeah. the only time. What are you looking at? What did you see if you picked up the flag?
2: Listen, I'm glad that we're having these conversations because it means that we played in a close game, right? It means that the Jaguars were playing in a close game, and every single call matters. I get that. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm going to be the last person to come on the radio and then badmouth the refs because guess what? It happens every single game. Come right? on, like, you should do it. No, I'm not going to do it because I'll have to tell you a story real quick. So my second year with the Jaguars, I play in Green Bay, right? It was a dream come true. I'm playing in the, the, the historic Lambeau Field. Like, this was probably the coolest game I ever played in. Had a bunch of family and friends there. First quarter, um, a quarterback rollout, Brian Belaga holds the absolute crap out of me, okay? Aaron Rodgers gets a touchdown out of it. If if I would have been held, I probably would have had a sack. Could have been maybe a strip sack, right? Now all of a sudden I'm dancing. I probably went to go go in the stands with my friends. I would have pounded a beer if I would have sacked Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) I would have been that excited. But needless to say, I get held. It was blatantly obvious. Nothing comes of it. Rodgers throws a touchdown. It is what it is, right? We lose a pretty close game to the Green Bay Packers. After that game, I'm sitting in the locker room and actually someone from the Green Bay Press Gazette, from like their uh, news people, come up to me. And they're like, hey, what was it like playing on Lambeau Field? I'm like, yeah, you know, obviously I lost. So I was kind of bummed. But it was, it was a cool experience thing like that. He's like, I saw you got held by Brian Bulaga on one play. I'm like, yeah. He's like, whoa, well, what do you think about that? I'm like, I think it was a bad call. And there's just silence. And I'm just like, not what? But You know, because, like, what, what do you want me to say? I think it was a bad call. I, I don't think the ref did his job there. But what can I do? You know, like, there's nothing to be said about you. it. Yeah, so, like, the ref didn't do his job, obviously, with Clowney being off sides. Yes, the pass interference on Miles Jack was probably questionable. But at the end of the day, man, it, it is what it is. Like, I, I can sit here and try to break it down and say how much these refs suck,
0: but it's not going to do anything. Yeah, I listen, I'm, I'm not painting the picture that the the refs lost the game for the jacks yeah. what i'm painting the picture of sometimes you need breaks in the game sure and if you get them well in a close game you might win if sure. you don't well because we know they're going to be happening i yeah. mean tennessee they might be up there in nashville and be like hey man there were like three other plays that that and maybe we're exactly. seeing it with our goggles on yeah although i don't remember many i mean those were pretty distinct and important plays in the game yeah to be honest with you the one i was just complaining about with the flag and holding is I didn't even think it mattered in the game. Yeah. It just bugs the heck out of me. What are you seeing then? Yeah. You're anticipating that you're seeing something, but you really didn't see it. Yeah. Like, if you saw it, why pick up the flag? It doesn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. especially in a holding or something else. Again, the only time that I'm okay with it is if you pick it up because a ball was tipped on interference and you just didn't know that it was tipped. Yeah. Well, then that you couldn't see all that. I get it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But this picking up after you threw one, I mean, they threw it right at the guy.
2: I'd say we need to hire the services of, like, a, a former NFL referee here and kind of go to New York, like, like they're doing the games. Yeah. And you can just kind of land them a little bit for a segment. And
0: by the way, the reason why we talk about refs is because, look at me, I'm a mess. I, I see we that, We love man. talking about refs. I can see that. Like I mean, everybody just, loves complaining about the refs. I, yeah, I hear you, man. It's just... I, I don't think the Jags lost the game because of the refs. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sitting there saying that. Yeah. But I am telling you, I love complaining about the refs. I hear you, man. I hear you. Hey, when we come back... You want to play a little visca bingo? Let's play some visca bingo. How did he do on the cards? Trademarked. And coming up at 5 o'clock, Josh Allen, Jaguars defensive end, will join us right here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll get to the bottom of this defense. It's all on the way here on a Monday. Even though the Jags are 1-1 short week. Dolphins coming up. That one on Thursday night on Fox 30. Austin Lane. Are we on right now or not? Like our screen? I guess we're good. Brent Martineau. Yeah, you gotta okay. go all the way. Yeah, we're back. Thanks for your concern. You're welcome. Uh <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety.
1: For us personally, I feel like every game you go in, you always want to try to make a team one-dimensional. So, you know, uh, you know, we know we want to stop the run with Derrick Henry, but we want to stop the run with every team to get on the pass. As far as the pressure on Tannehill, I think we just got to do better getting off the uh, play-action blocks and things like that. I think uh, this game was probably a little locked in a little bit too in the run, kind of buried our eyes and kind of worked out late to work against the pass. I think that's just how it is with every game. I think uh, moving forward, we're going to just try to focus on that more because I really think that was a real big part of the game. I think our DVS will do a good job, but we just can't leave them out there covering for about 6 to 10 seconds. So we got to do a better job of getting off those blocks.
0: That is Avery Jones, Jags defensive lineman. they got to do better on defense. I mean, there's nothing to hide there. I mean, that's what it is, and, and they know that. They watch the film. We know that. They've got to be a little bit better. I, I don't think they're going to be great on defense. I think that's a little too much to ask and unrealistic, quite frankly. But they do have to be better and give their offense a chance to win. It's funny. What What a what – a, Plot twist here in Jacksonville. For the last five, ten years, we've been saying, "Go into those defensive players in the locker room, man. Is the offense not doing enough? Is the offense not doing enough? Is the offense not doing enough?" Well, here we are. A little if we're in that locker room. Be like, "Hey, man, don't you got to help out your offense? Don't you got to help out your offense?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you know what? It's a better I, problem to have. More entertaining, I think it's a to be better, honest. i think it's a better problem to have. Although I don't know if it was. Ty or someone, that we're in the sports office, we're talking, we're like, I don't know which one, by the end of the year, which is it? Is it more depressing that you can't get a first down or more depressing that you can't stop anybody Well, listen, if you, this continues? You know I'm a
2: little biased, right? So you know what I'm going to say here. But I will say this. From an entertainment factor, from coming in here on a Monday with stuff to talk about, I think the offense firing all cylinders and the defense being porous is the way to go, at least from our perspective.
0: Yeah, I think from the fans too. And especially, yeah. it just gives you something different. I mean, it is something different, no doubt. I want to remind everybody, last week we launched our first ever Athlete of the Week, Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690, brought to you by Honda the Avenues. And it's back up uh, for week number two. We have three new nominations. Walter Simmons, the third quarterback from Oakleaf High School. Reinhardt Harrison, cross-country runner from Nice. And Bryce Tompkins from Baldwin High School uh, plays quarterback. And uh, he has the Indians off to a 2-0 and start. This young season, impressive win over West Nassau after a triple overtime win in week number one. One here's the deal. Go to ESPN690.com. You can vote for our athlete of the week. Voting will close on Friday and then we'll announce the winner of the voting on Friday night's Blitz Scoreboard show at 9 o'clock as we cover all things high school right here on ESPN 690. 9 o'clock on Fridays. We're two weeks in uh, telling you this show's going to be fun. If you like high school football, we're still working out some things, but be patient. It's going to be good. It's going to get even better this Friday night, and uh, that's 9 o'clock right here on ESPN 690, plus the video platforms, which is a big part of that show, uh Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And Twitch. It's also a big part of this show. We appreciate you watching and listening uh, to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martino, Austin Lane, Coos on a Monday where the Jags lose, but the feeling isn't depressing. Let's just be honest. I mean, it feels like there's some things to like about this football team. Mm-hmm. And one of the things to like about this football team is LaVisca Chenault. And the other thing to like is how Jay Gruden is using him. Jay Gruden has a weapon and maybe coming off the draft for four months, we talked about, I can't wait to see how they use him. Mm-hmm. And boy, you got to give a tip to the tip of the cap to Jay Gruden. He has used him brilliantly and almost We want more, right? Because LaVisca is a really fun watch. Yeah. I mean, listen, we talked about how we we expect
2: him to be kind of like Debo Samuel was last year. Well, I think he's Debo and then some, right? Like this guy's in the backfield, getting handoffs. This guy's running jet sweeps. This guy is everywhere. And then you know what? It appears that he's up to the challenge and everything. I I love what I saw from him. Obviously, I'm with you. I want more. Just how dynamic can this guy be? I'll I'll tell you what, though. If you're Miami right now. That's an extra fifteen minutes off the get go of just watching film with him, right? Well, if your defensive coordinator is like, "All right, well, we we've got to watch out for this. We got to watch out for this." So I love it from from the from the game planning perspective of, of Jay Gruden, and I love it that this fact that this offense right now is super dynamic. Something we haven't seen in a long time.
0: All right, well, this is an Austin idea that we've stolen. Like, might even use it on TV tonight, but That's we use it here. That's cool. And yesterday we pushed out a Visca bingo card. Yep. And uh, there's a bunch of things on here. Who's this up on the feed? We okay to talk about this? Uh The Visca Bingo card. If yeah. you're on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, you can see it. If not, we'll explain it to you. But it's bingo. Three by three bingo. Yeah. we don't want too 27 much. Twenty-seven was a lot to offer. Yeah, that was I a think. lot, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah you got to go sixteen or twenty spots. That's yeah. a little much. Yeah. You got the free space with the smiling Lavisca right in the middle. Why not, man? And then there are eight categories. Pancake block, Mm -hmm. catches a screen pass, Mm -hmm. lines up in the wildcat, Mm -hmm. scores a touchdown, rushes for over five yards, has a reception, lines up at halfback, and appears in a touchdown celebration. What did we have yesterday? Yeah. Didn't see a pancake block. Didn't see a pancake block. But that's one like you almost have to go... I don't know if the naked eye is going to see that. No. You know, the first play of last week's game, he had a great block. I don't know if it was a pancake block, but it was a really good block. I didn't notice it until... We broke it down on Jaguars all-access. Correct. You know, so the blocking was interesting. Well, and interesting. We also talked
2: about it, too, when we did the Wall That Says It All. The very first play that we broke down was him blocking.
0: That's the one. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. The That's first the play one. The game. Yeah. Yeah, so listen, in terms of the pancake block, like, listen, it's going to be there a couple times. Trust me. This guy's way too big, is too strong not to pancake little small defensive backs. So by the pancake block... If there's going to be a long run, I guarantee you it's going to be because uh, Chenault put some guy on his back. It'll come. Don't worry about it. I had to make it a little hard, or else what are we doing? We're just playing
0: blackout? Everything's going to be crossed off the way this guy's playing. Well, I know. It looked like it at first. And then you go back and deeper dive, and the screen pass. Didn't see a screen. Didn't see a screen. Uh, lines up in the Wildcat. Yeah. Did. Did. Touchdown. Not this time. Not this time. Last week. Yeah. Rushes for five yards. Did. Did. Reception. Did. Did. Lines up at halfback.
2: Good. Yeah. Which, by the way, I thought that was going to be like just the kind of the oddball one and everything. Oh, for sure. He's play their number man. two running back. By all means, play,
0: play halfback. You got it. And I know. He's serious. Well, well, I mean, well, Chris, Chris Thompson's so Chris Thompson. third round back. Yeah, yeah. But the guy that they're giving the ball to, second. Yeah. I mean, Thompson's in there to block and be on third downs and, and he, got a, he got a tote yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But he's going to catch it and he caught well, a touchdown. I mean, they're keeping everybody happy right now. But, exactly. And the am all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, that's James R- No, no, it's not. It's number 10. I thought it was Chris Ivory. I'm, I'm like, wait, <laughs> when, when do we sign Chris Ivory all of a sudden? All of a sudden
2: Chris Ivory off the, off the block a little bit. No, I listen. He ran that ball. I'm like, who's got the dreads in the back? Oh, oh yeah. There you go. Chanel. It's just, you don't put it in he your mind, together. right? Did not look like
0: a running back running that ball. Okay. I'm, so did a bit, here's yeah. the key. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We've already got bingo diagonally. From bottom left to upper right, but we can get bingo three different ways if this one comes in. Yeah, and that's a touchdown celebration. Was he involved? I didn't see him. Now maybe the I stand corrected. I think you're wrong. Really? Because the the remember the one um, who was it? Uh, I want to say it's their third touchdown. I don't know. Was Thompson? I don't know, but they went so tight on the camera angle when, yeah. they, were, when they were underneath the goalpost taking a picture. Yeah. But I think LaVisca was involved in See, that. See, I couldn't tell that that was a problem. i have to go back and watch it. I think LaVisca was involved in the touchdown celebration. Okay. So to be determined. To be determined, but I think that's a check mark, and if that or an X. And if that's an X, Visca wins us bingo in we're, three different we're, ways. We're really
2: playing blackout with, with, with the Chenault. Let's go ahead and put 27 squares on there. You might
0: as well. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? It's week two. Calm down, Shanoth. What are we missing? Should we be adding some other things? How about um, smiling after running over somebody? <laughs> Did you see, like, his first touch? And, and he, I mean, it was a huge collision. Yeah. And he's on the sideline. And he has this big smile on his face. I was like, man, this guy how, is, all, this
2: is great. Or we can do um, how much
0: the announcers brag about him and how strong he is. We
2: can add that to the bingo list, maybe. Like I just thought, like listen, let's let's slow play this a little bit. Let's get some hard things out there. Let's, you know, let's have a put them in the backfield kind of square. Well, no, that that got it figured out. So
0: I don't know. Do we have to up it up a little bit? Do we have to add more squares? What are you thinking, Brent? I don't know. I think we can do this for a little bit. Once he crosses off all everything, blackout or bingo. If, if he has like a perfect square, yeah. Well, then we're we gotta add to it. Okay. We gotta figure something else out. But I mean, that would be something. He did have two, four, five of the eight. Yeah. And last week he had a touchdown. I think last week he had a screen. And I don't know if he counted as a pancake block, but it was close last week. So yeah. he's already in two weeks checked off every box, I believe. It's insane. Uh, and he's fun. They're using him the right way. He only has 72 total yards, but it felt like so much more. Mm-hmm. His impact on the game. You know, I'll tell you the other impact. What play was it? It was uh, Keelan Cole touchdown. Yep, Minshew uh, uh Chenault goes in motion, goes, looks like he's going to the other sideline, like the bench, yeah, yeah, like yeah. not even the sideline, like back toward the 50. Yep. And then Michu does this twirl around thing. Starts running to his right. Looks like he's going to run and has wide open coal. I yeah. don't know what was designed there. There was a lot going on. It also yeah. looked like there was a lot busted. <laughs> Quite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was a little confused. I'm like, oh, something's about to happen. I don't know it's like a flea flick. I don't know what was going to happen. But I figured <laughs> and,
2: something like crazy wish or not was going to happen there. Yeah. But he, listen, once again, it's fun. He makes it fun. We, we don't see these type of things. Not, just, not every NFL team
0: has this, Brent. I'm telling you, you watch the game, right? And CJ Henderson didn't flash as much this time around. Jason got a sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every game, there seems to be something with these young players. Robinson, 100 yards, and, and Chenault looks like, man, that was worth the second-round pick. Yeah. He really makes the offense kind of fun and different, and I'm excited every week now to watch what they do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, he's just so physically violent you know, at attack, and he loves that. I mean, he falls forward four yards. And then I think he showed that he, he – I'm going to go snatch one out of the air. And he grabbed that first early pass, where there was poor spacing, it looked like. Yep. He went up and got it. Uh, and that look, pass looked like it was like, okay, where's this going? And Chenault uh, jumped out of the building to I'm go gonna, get to I'm
2: going to re- re- I'll play the touchdown right now, actually. So you think it was a Chris Thompson touchdown with the celebration? I
0: think. I don't okay. know. But the camera, I remember on CBS, went really tight, so you couldn't it see was what they were see. doing.
2: Yep. I'll, I'll check it out, though. Because it was funny, too. The Minshew seemed like he was running away from it, right? Because like, Minshew throws the ball, obviously. Big touchdown. I and mean, then he like. Was going to get in it, the, but then he kind of ran away to the sidelines a little He's bit. He's like, like, I'm not doing the celebration humble. stuff. Staying humble. Nothing wrong with that.
0: Hey, uh, one other thing before we uh, hit the top of the hour. Josh Allen coming up uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Jaguars defensive end. Florida State coaches show is tonight. Uh, of yeah. course, uh, ESPN 690, your official... Uh, Florida State Station here in Jacksonville, football and basketball. How about Mike Norvell? Will not coach in this game. And right now, I think FSU, it's like, if it, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong for FSU. It, it's just, uh, first of all, you hope everything's okay. It's his, uh, daughter, I think, and, and wife tested negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to miss the Miami game. And now what for FSU? Because Miami looked really good against Louisville on Saturday night. I, I would think Knowles fans are a little bit like, oh boy. I'm going to close my eyes and tell me if I can open them and watch yeah. on Saturday against Miami. Listen, you
2: come out week one against Georgia Tech, doesn't go away, you lose that, and you've essentially had two weeks now, right, to, to, to sit on that, to stew on that a little bit because you had to buy this past week. Well, now your head coach isn't going to be there either, you know, so it's just... You keep getting put behind the eight ball. I don't know if you watch that
0: Miami Louisville game, remember. they look pretty dynamic and pretty explosive. Yeah, Derek King didn't impress me the first week. Uh, Saturday night sure did. Nice to so, hype a little bit. That'll yeah. be a big one. Obviously, uh, college football slate really gets going this week with the SEC in play. That's a little FSU at four. Mike Norvell. Uh, hands off to the deputy coach, Chris Thompson. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe they rally a little bit around. You know, sometimes these things galvanize a team, too. And you play better than you think. So uh, they've got a lot of work to make up from that week one loss to Georgia Tech. Uh, one other college note real quick. We'll talk more colleges as the week goes along. UCF looked pretty good. I mean, UCF, talk about a fun watch. I love the Knights. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. When we come back, Jaguars defensive end, the Pro Bowler. And the captain, Josh Allen, joins us on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690.
1: Tax day is coming. Oh, no.